0: So who did that song originally? <laughs> yeah, I had someone come up, they go, oh, I get it, you're doing Rolling Stones songs in the, in the series. So um, yeah, that's kind of uh, the uh, Odd Man Out song, uh, sounds uh, very unlike them. But uh, you know, we're continuing our series, uh, still Rolling Stones. You know, and in the midst of challenges and difficulties, I hope you know that God's near you know that with god you can face the storms that you have to face that with god uh you you have a presence to to see you through uh you know no matter what's going on that with god you can deal with the loneliness with god the the impossible becomes possible w- with god there's hope and there's grace and there's mercy and there's love and there's forgiveness And I've said this over and over, but with God, I believe life is better. It's always better. You know, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they record Jesus' life and and ministry. And those Gospel stories, many of them are, Jesus is pointing people to to God. He's calling people to a better life. He's calling people to, to overcome sin in their life. And there, there are over three dozen miracles. And you know, for instance, uh, Jesus would be speaking to to a crowd, and then he would pull someone aside, and he he would heal them, and he would say, "Don't tell anybody," you know. And Jesus would uh, see a need; he'd, he'd walk over. And he would just say, "You're healed. Get up, take your mat, and and walk." And so, people saw the, these miracles, and they were they were life changing. You know, Luke 17 tells the the story of the miraculous healing of of the ten lepers, and. Sometimes I think we don't quite get the the importance of that story because in that day, they, to have leprosy, I mean, people's limbs would literally fall off. There was a stench to it, uh, highly contagious, and you were highly uh, isolated from society. It really was a death sentence in, in that day. And so Jesus is outside the village. He was on his way to Jerusalem. He's, he's traveling. And one of the lepers cries out to him and says, Jesus, have mercy on us. You know, heal us. We know you can. And scripture says Jesus had compassion on them. And he walked over and he says, Go show yourself to the priest. And as they were running to the priest, they were healed they were set free they now are able to live as part of society again they're they're free from the stigma and the isolation and then last week we talked about the woman that was caught in adultery and the religious leaders they they drug her to jesus they're all about the law they throw her at jesus's feet and they're like jesus the law says stone her to death what do you say And I imagine she thought her life was over at that moment. But Jesus says something very unexpected. He says, how about the one without sin throw the first stone? Scripture says one by one, the accusers dropped their stones and, and walked away. And then Jesus helped her to her feet. And he says, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more was a new day. Friends, Jesus is about grace. He set her free. It was a different kind of miracle, but it was a miracle. Jesus sets people free in their lives. Jesus longs to, to heal people. He longs to heal your life and mine. He longs to set you free. I, I have seen many people throughout my ministry who feel like they're, they're, Less than whole. They feel like they're, they're failures in life. You know, who are haunted by a past, shackled uh, by sin and, and ashamed. People that battle their own demons in life. And in their confusion, their peace gets stolen, self image gets distorted destroyed and friends i will tell you it breaks my heart when i see people in bondage this way especially since i know that jesus can set them free from whatever it is you know that's the power of jesus christ and i know in a congregation this size anytime i'm speaking that there are people who are hurting in life that are broken that are in turmoil That there's always people that are searching, in need of hope and healing, and they they need God's peace in their life. And I know there are people here today who need a new start. Maybe that's why you're here today. Maybe that's why God made sure you're here today, because you need that new beginning. You need to be set free. And so today, what we're going to do, we're going to look at a guy who I believe had lost all hope in his life, whose life had been stolen from him, whose mind was so confused that he was held in bondage, that Satan had a hold on him. And in fact, so much so, he's hearing voices in his head, and they're starting to echo, and they've got control. You know, Scripture says that the evil one's spirit was in this guy that he's possessed by demons you know demons real jesus uh talked a lot about evil he acknowledged the the existence of the devil and and demons and he talked about the power of the evil one in this world and i want to be clear this morning so okay if you're doing something else listen to this part so you don't get lost Today, the focus is not demon possession, all right? That, that's a topic for another day down the road. But what I want to do today is I, I want us to understand that the evil one is active in this world, all right? And he is fighting for control of minds and souls. And he's really most interested in messing up and changing our eternal destiny. It's a spiritual battle. It is a war that Satan desperately wants to win. And so I want to see what we can learn from from this story today. You know, uh, Scripture says this, Mark writes, he says, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs. And no one could bind him anymore, not even with chains. For he had been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Now here's what hit me as I was reading this story this week and kind of meditating on it. This guy has totally isolated himself. He's totally withdrawn from society. He's, he's living in a graveyard. He's chosen to, to stay away from people. And guess what? People chose to stay away from him. I mean, it's a, it's a strange story. And I believe, and I've, I've said this before, I believe part of the evil one's design in this world or strategy is he wants to isolate You know why? Because if he can isolate you in life, he can easily destroy your self image. It's in isolation that he can take us out and get us going down the wrong road. You know, it's those voices in our heads. You know, you're worthless. You're a failure. You're stupid. How could you be so dumb? You know, you're ugly. You're crazy. Nobody wants to be around you. You're such a loser. And so in our minds, we think, oh, distance ourselves from people. That's how we handle it. You know, avoid family and friends. You know, that voice that says, hey, stay away from church. Don't talk to God. See, Satan wants to convince you that nobody cares and nobody understands what you're going through. Yeah, you know, Jesus said this. He said the thief, and the thief by the way is the evil one, Satan, the devil, whatever word you want to put there. The thief comes only to what? Steal, kill, destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. See, isolation Is part of the plan, and it is to steal from you. It is to kill. It's ultimately about destruction in life and destroying what you have. And so this guy, he's living in a graveyard. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. He's living among the tombs. His life has been reduced to mere existence, and he's struggling. I I, I believe he's depressed. He's alone with, with his pain and his struggles, and his problems, and it, it, I'm always amazed, because I see people that are going through challenging times, or difficulties in their life, and too often, I see people start dropping out, they drop out of church, they start isolating themselves from people, You know, that's why I say often, I'm like, get on a team in this church. Why? Because you connect with other people. Build close relationships with other believers. It's why it's so important because when we build that, it's harder to isolate ourselves. We need each other. We need each other. You know, look around you. You need other people in your life. And it gives you a basis in the midst of the struggles. But the evil one, he wants to isolate you. He wants you to withdraw. And then once he gets you to withdraw a little bit, he starts piling up the mental anguish in your life. He starts, those voices start speaking in in your head and begin to, to influence you. It says night and day. Among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Night and day, tears go by. The loss of control, loss of his emotions. The only thing he could do was cry, cry out, pain. And friends, when you isolate yourself, what happens? The situation gets worse exponentially worse it's part of the evil one's design in your life he wants to do you harm he wants to isolate you and he wants to attack your mind because once he isolates that's the voice you hear you don't have other people speaking into your life and he'll get you to believe that nobody's ever been through what you're going through nobody understands what you're facing, it is pure and utter isolation that takes place. You know, get gets you to believe you have to go it alone and nobody's going to pull alongside you. You know, smiling faceless. I see them all around me, but not for me, not for me. I sit and watch as tears go by, cry out. You ever been there? You ever been there in your life? You're stuck. You're grieving. You're grieving a loss. And, and all you can do is cry. You know, the, the bitterness of a divorce, the, it consumes your every waking hour. The, the abuse you suffered as a child, and it dominates your thoughts on a daily basis. You know, the, that job loss, the bankruptcy, the problem the struggle and it's consuming ever been there anybody been there i mean it's it's painful and perhaps you've experienced that you know for some of you it's maybe a out of control addiction where you're constantly thinking about where you're going to get the next drink or the next fix, you know, it, the fact is, you're constantly scheming and trying to figure out how you're going to slip into the strip club and nobody see you. Those thoughts consume the mind. And some of you have been there, and you know, it, it's a terrible, awful, horrible place to live. It's like living in a graveyard. Because everything's dead around you, and so today I wonder where, where are you living these days in your life? Because I am absolutely sure Satan wants to destroy. The evil one will isolate you. He will cause you mental anguish in life, and whatever it is that needs to take place, his his objectives to destroy and dismantle you that's his agenda steal kill destroy this guy this guy is in the tombs living in a graveyard he's cutting himself with jagged rocks and every time i read this story i think why would a person do that i mean why why would they they feel like they deserve to be punished You know, why would they want to hurt themselves and harm themselves and hate themselves so much that they would do that? And then I think, well, why do people stick needles in their arms? Why why do they drink themselves into oblivion? I mean, why? It is a strategy, friends. And the answer to all that, it is a calculated move on the evil one's part. He is bent on destroying lives. How? Well, through a downward spiral. Spiral that starts with isolation and the mental anguish. And it's all about destruction. It is a strategy and it is powerful. How powerful? Well, so powerful that, that Mark says chains could not hold this guy any longer. He just tore them apart like they were, they were tinker toys. No one, no one was strong enough to subdue him. Can you imagine? Some of you can. Some of you understand because you understand the turmoil that you're living in. Some of you believe that no one's able to deal with what's going on in your life. The problems, the struggles. And I know some of you are hurting today. Some of you are in pain. Some of you are struggling. But here's what I want you to know. There's also someone whose arms are wide open that can make a difference in your life. There's someone who longs to embrace you and wipe away the tears, and his name is Jesus. Jesus is capable of that. And friends, when you get one-on-one with the creator of this world, the one that that would call people from the dead and lay his hands on on those that needed healing, when you get it one-on-one with him, it changes everything. You you find peace in life. And you find life that is worth living. And you find a new way. God, God who's capable of the impossible, he makes it possible. I mean, Jesus meets this guy. And he meets him where he is. In a graveyard. The only contact that this guy had ever had. In recent days. Was when people tried to put him in chains. Tried to shackle him up. Jesus was different though. Jesus wanted to free this guy. Jesus wasn't like anybody. He'd seen recently. Jesus. Wanted to meet him where he was. You know, for some of you, I want to tell you, Jesus doesn't think you're weird. He doesn't think you're crazy. He doesn't think you're stupid. He doesn't look and go, oh, what a failure. Jesus doesn't think any of that. He doesn't think you're hopeless or too sinful. No, Jesus wants to meet you where you are. And he doesn't want you living in a graveyard. Some of you are living in a graveyard. He wants to pull you out of that isolation and into his presence. I mean, that's the God and the Savior that that we serve. You know, Mark Mark says this. He goes on. He says, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Interesting story, isn't it? Jesus sees this man who's confused, who needs hope, who needs to be drawn into the presence of God. And friends, that's where healing is in life. It's in the presence of God. I think maybe I've shared this story before, but Hanley Page, he was a pioneer in uh, aviation. And these were the early days. He's, he's flying alone in a plane. He's cruising at, they said, several thousand uh, feet. And he hears this sickening kind of sound in the back, this gnawing in the cargo section of the plane. And he realizes that somewhere along the way that rats had crawled on board the plane, And he tells the story that his heart started pounding and he realized that the hydraulic lines and the control cables and everything that was very exposed back then. And that one bite misplaced, he'd crashed to his death. And so he started trying to work the problem. And he didn't have autopilot, he didn't have a co-pilot, so he couldn't leave the controls but then he started remembering that, you know, he could, he could deal with this. And, and so he's trying to deal with this uninvited guest, and he remembered that rats require more oxygen. And so he immediately just started climbing higher and higher and higher where there was less oxygen. And so he just pulled back on the controls, and he gets to, to the heights, And then the gnawing stopped. And they said when he landed, he went back in the cargo section and he discovered dead rats back there. Friends, some of you, there's a gnawing in your life right now. Satan wants you to spiral out of control. He wants you to crash. He wants you to give up. You, you need to get into the presence of our Savior. You need to get in the presence of God. You need to climb and keep climbing until you don't hear that gnawing anymore, until the evil one's plans drop dead in your life, because he has a plan for you, and you've got to get past it. And the only way you do it is you climb higher, and you climb toward Jesus Christ. You know, you climb higher. That's where healing is. You mean you climb higher because that's where power is in your life. You climb higher so you get a new perspective in life. And Jesus is waiting to respond to your situation. He's waiting to get involved in in your life, but you got to climb higher. you got to climb higher. You know, the psalmist writes, it says, "The, The cords of death entangle me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was so overcome by distress and sorrow, then I called on the name of the Lord, Lord, save me. Get into the presence of God. Whatever your problem is today, whatever it is that, that's in your brain, that whatever it is that, that, that the difficulty is, you've got to get in the presence of God. Jesus wants to help you through the struggle. Jesus wants to help you identify the problems. He wants to help you overcome whatever it is you need to overcome in the midst of the tears. He wants to set you free. He wants to make things new in your life. Seems impossible, but that's how Jesus works. This guy's living in a graveyard. He's broken. He does not know who he is anymore. I mean, he's just lost and struggling. Mark goes on. He says, then Jesus asks him, what's your name? My name is Legion, for we are many. This guy lost his identity. And I want you to catch this, because this is important. He has become his tormentor's name. Jesus says, What's your name? See, Jesus wanted to bring him back to reality of who he really is. Friends, do you know who you are? Do you know who you belong to? Jesus says, Your name isn't inferior, your name isn't depressed, it isn't hopeless, your name's not addicted or pervert or thief your name is not anything that that is is negative you will you will amount to something in your life but there's a voice in your head saying you're never going to amount to anything and friends i will tell you satan wants to distort your your who you are he wants to mess up your identity he wants to destroy your self-worth he wants you to believe the lies that he whispers. He wants you to watch life go by. Spend your life just existing and getting by. But I know someone. His name's Jesus. That wants to cut through the lies. Wants to point out your self-worth. Because of who you belong to. Friends, you are a child of God. You were created by God. You were bought with a price. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, regardless of what those voices say. You belong to God. And friends, when you realize how much you matter to God, the creator of this world that holds the sun and the moon and the stars in place, when when you grasp that, That kind of love changes your life. Zephaniah says, the Lord your God is with you. His power gives you victory. The Lord will take delight in you. And in his love, he will give you what? New life. That's the God we serve. Friends, God wants the best for you. No matter what you're telling yourself in your head. God loves you. God wants to set you free. Satan, the evil one, wants to destroy your life with lies. And it is a war, my friends. Steal, kill, destroy. You know, Paul writes, 2 Corinthians, he says, the weapons we use in our fight are not world weapons, but God's powerful weapons, which we use to destroy strongholds. We destroy false arguments. We pull down every proud obstacle that is raised against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive and make it obey Christ. Creator, of this world's in charge and in control. And you and I are to take every thought captive. You know, before that, that lie enters your brain, check it at the door, Friends. Do not allow the lie to settle in and echo over and over in your life. Do not let this world, do not let Satan, do not let anybody tell you who you are not. You're precious in God's sight. You were created by God. You're called by God to great things, by the way, to new life, new life. You know, Jesus has this conversation with these demons. Now, you can read the rest of the story. I don't have time to unpack all of it. But kind of, kind of in a nutshell, the demons realize they are defeated. And so they beg Jesus to send them into a drove of pigs that they see off in the distance. And so Jesus gives them permission. I find it interesting. They had to have his permission to enter the pigs. Pigs go crazy, run off the cliff, they drowned. Uh, It's a very strange story, but it's it's really worth a read and and to just try and picture what's going on. But I I want you to imagine the people's reaction as they witness all this. Now you've got this guy... And he's sitting with Jesus. This man who, who had been out of his mind. You know, this guy that's been living in a graveyard probably for years. This guy who's isolated, broken, tormented. This guy who had been chained up. And he was such a madman that he would just break the chains. He wasn't going to be held down. And Jesus healed him, set him free. One on one, new day, new hope. Always have to be careful because when you talk about miracle, especially miracle like this, you you uh, we tend to want to make it simple, more simple than it is, I guess. Uh, because you like to think, okay, so this guy went from living in a graveyard and things are really bad, and then everything's perfect, right? I mean, that's, that's how we tend to look at things. But the fact is, that's not how it goes often. There's a process after. And in fact, I think there was a lot of hard work ahead for this guy. I mean, first of all, I imagine he does not have a home to go back to. More than, more than likely, he had a really difficult time plugging back in. I was thinking about, like, you know, he probably had a hard time getting a job. you know. I, I see on your application here you've got a long job gap. Uh, what you been doing? Well, I've been living in a graveyard. Um, can you imagine? I imagine he's been isolated from family, probably destroyed a lot of relationships in the past. And so now he's got to figure out how do I restore them? And trust has to be rebuilt. And, you know, maybe, maybe friends were open to reconnecting. Maybe not. I don't know. My point is there was a long road ahead. But he has a future. It's a new day in his life. Some of you need a new day. Anybody need a new day? Anybody need to, to, uh, a new future? Anybody need hope? Anybody need to start living the life that God intended for you to live? Friends, stop living in a graveyard. Stop living like you're already dead. You know, stop watching life go by and wishing it away. And maybe someday, maybe one of these days it won't be so awful. It won't be so bad. Stop. Stop suffering alone. Stop. Stop the isolation. Stop the brokenness. Stop letting your past hold you captive. You just got to let that stuff go. Here's what I know. Wherever you are, whatever, whatever's going on, Jesus Christ wants to set you free. Jesus wants to give you hope and a future in your life. God is here. God is real. God has resurrection power. God is still rolling stones today. He is breaking chains, and he's breaking the shackles, and he is calling you out of that graveyard. I want you to start living a life that's worth living. Jesus Christ wants to restore you. God specializes in healing broken people, and some of you are broken today. And friends, I know Jesus Christ wants to heal you, so you can live again. Tears go by, bye, bye, bye. I challenge you. So let's stand for a word of prayer together. Anybody need hope? New life? Then allow Jesus Christ into your head and into your life and break break those shackles today. You know, walk away from the graveyard. New day, new day. What is it? It's a new day. What is it? New day, new day. Our holy God, God, we praise you. And God, we thank you. It is a new day. God, I know there are some here. They're in the graveyard. They're watching life go by. God, I pray your Holy Spirit, you just get one-on-one with them. That they would know that you'll meet them where they are that you offer healing, that you'll break the chains. You'll heal the brokenness. And God, I pray that they'd experience that right now. Say, they just reach to you. God, help us to be there for one another. God, help us to not let anybody suffer alone. Help us to be the people you have called us to be and created us to be. God, we give you the praise with all we say and do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. God's people said, it's a what day? New day, new day. So today, and we're going to end this a little bit different. Today, as you leave, when... When you hear that voice, we all hear that voice. You're dumb, you're stupid, you're a loser, you're, it's going to be bad, life's going to be awful. When you hear that voice, you push back. You say, no, Jesus says, I got a new day. Jesus says, I'll get through this. Jesus says, I'm strong enough. And then if that doesn't do it, maybe this song can get in your head and you can push back.